Tim Berg here, host of the Above180.com podcast. Coming up, I chat with Vernon Peterson, USBC Eagles champion. He won his Eagle actually out in Reno. So we are going to talk about Reno and some of the new things, or the main new thing going on this year at the Open Championships, which is only having four on a pair for your doubles and singles event. And we also want to hit on a little bit regarding the urethane and some of the things that we're hearing regarding the hardness of these urethane balls that are out there and what that really means to you, the league bowler. So all of that coming up with Vernon Peterson on the Above180.com podcast. High Five Gear is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Online, you can order at www.high5gear.com today. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Vernon Peterson. Vernon is a pro shop manager at Cypress Lanes. Vernon has won USBC Eagle, the team event, back in 2013. And Vernon also does the ball reviews for Bowlers Journal International, so you can check him out there as well. Vernon, it's Tim Berg. Thanks for joining me today. Well, it's my pleasure being on again. Vernon, I want to discuss with you some of the latest news that's been going on regarding equipment hardness. Now, I don't want to get into the details of this bowling ball versus that bowling ball and, and what we're hearing about certain pieces and, and individuals who are using those bowling balls out on tour. There's been a lot of people doing great coverage on that. I want to focus this more, though, on kind of the technical side of things with you. So can you tell me, I guess, first off, for that person listening who hasn't been paying a lot of attention, if a bowling ball is found to be not within the parameters by USBC on the hardness rule what will that it's a little too soft meaning what will that bowling ball do for that person and can you explain that to someone how that may or may not be a benefit for them well with the soft, with the balls being a little bit on the softer side what you're going to do is just see a little more um a little more hook um the blue hammers when they were made in Baltimore and uh, in the plants in Utah um that I remember I used to like getting the ones out of Utah because they were known just to hook a little bit more they're a little softer and with me, that also with being a little softer gives you a little more absorbent when it hits the pins, in my opinion. I mean, that's not, don't have any proof of fact on that, but just, like I said, I just knew, and I bought a bunch of blue hammers back in the day when I was first was at, I wanted one from Utah because of that little extra softness, because I feel a little harder, and as much rev rate, especially these guys nowadays. And as I get older, it seems the rev rate's going down a little more and more, so... I mean, I don't throw urethane as much 
as some of these guys do. But um, like I said, the, the that softest number um, just makes it grab the lane a little bit easier. Um, I remember back in the day when they used to check them at PBA events, and you heard a big deal that your PBA had a certain number, and USBC had a different number. And then sometimes they were too soft; they would put them in a toilet to cool them down and harden them up a little bit. So it just—it's all a matter of just trying to create a little more advantage. I think more in this hook more than anything, you know, but. I think this everybody was try- is trying to figure out what makes the purple hammer so good, but now with the pitch purple out there, that looks very comparable to the purple hammer. So we'll see longevity and all that. So now is this something of, uh, with preference uh, more than anything? So when you get one of these, when you get a bowling ball, let's say you get one that is in that range. Or is it come out of the box that way, or is this something that I can, like you said, maybe just by me using the ball over a certain amount of time, does it does that hardness go away and that make it softer, or is this something from when it's it's manufactured, when it's poured at the facility, it comes out a little bit soft to begin with, and then only gets softer, or then does it go the opposite way and get a little bit harder? From from my understanding, is the ones that they've kind of caught that were so, too soft was that they've because most of the balls are tested. I mean, well, you got to send the USBC to get tested, and they, those pass easily. But then the balls they tested, like at the US Open, my understanding is the ones that they've tested, it seems like they're getting softer over time. So, I mean, back in the day, people used to like put them in the oven to, so- to get the oil out, but it would soften it up a little bit. You leave in a car, if it got too hot, it softened it up. But it's not, I mean, to, from what I see and what I'm hearing, and Sounds like they're not, they're not coming out of the factory too soft. It's over time. It just happens. Okay, so then the ultimate, I guess, the hundred thousand dollar question then is: I'm bowling city, state. I'm bowling a tournament. And what if I see one of these these purple hammers out there as a as a competitor? What do I do? Do just nothing? Just ignore it? Just bowl normal? Or what? What should we be doing out there? Me personally. I'm going to ignore it. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, like I said, I'm not the biggest urethane-throwing guy. I mean, I did win Mexico Open throwing a purple hammer, but it was the last ball I took. It was on a short pattern. But, like, I'm like, it's it's that thing is, like, they're calling out Jacob about his purple hammer. I've seen Jacob throw more black hammers than anything. You know what I mean? So it's like they're, they're kind of, like, aiming at the purple hammer. But a year ago or two years ago – I think the purple hammer has been out at least two years. Okay, no one, no, they, everybody's just trying to figure out how to match that reaction, manufacturer-wise. But no one was calling. Oh, that's illegal. That ball has got to be illegal. Well, this has got to be a little, might be a little bit different, but it's not illegal. Some of them now, softness-wise. But to me, I'm not. I think what they did. I mean, they had they went through. They were jumping through hoops to try to figure out. If these balls are illegal, then they all this weigh-in thing. It's like if you weigh in, you're the weigh-in. React the ball. I mean, ball back. So I think it was called the SD72. That if, if my memory serves right, don't quote me right. Um, is it wasn't allowed on PBA, but it was allowed to be USBC because their number was lower softness. But it seems like in the last 10, 20, 15 years, 
everybody threw the durometers out, but now we need them again because urethane's come back into play because of people using them more and more. And that to me, le- I'm I'm just gonna ball. <laughs> to me, I'm just if they're gonna be throwing a purple hammer. The ball's a, a great ball. <laughs> yeah. So you you mentioned the earlier ball. So you. I'm sure when you're in your testing for the Bowler's Journal, you had one of these early purple hammers way back when the ball first came out. You threw it, and you didn't think, wow, this ball seems a little, something seems up with this ball for a urethane ball, did you, aside from just the way they were marketing the ball in general, correct? I, I was out there very, they were like, they were safe, uh, uh, staffers got them first. I didn't get to test it originally. I mean, I got one myself, and then I used, I've built like a couple of them, but it's like, I never thought, I mean, okay, the, this purple hammer, it rolls like urethane. It just, little, it's more continuous down lane, a little stronger through the pins. I mean, nothing said, I mean, it wasn't like the burgundy hammer, which was that reactive thing. You saw it go down and make a strong, more, more like reactive left turn, but predictable. But I mean, nothing jumped out at me saying, hey, I needed a purple hammer. Or I mean, nothing jumped out at you that you made masters, you think. Or no, nothing jumped out at you that you said, wait a minute, this ball's a little fishy the way it's no. reacting, and they're saying it's urethane as well, correct? No. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't like I was hooking it gutter to gutter for my rev rate at like mid-300s. I mean, hell, the Black Widow urethane hooked an arrow more. I got to test that one, and I'm like thinking, when is this ball ever going to come into play because it hooks so much for a urethane? It was still had the early urethane hook, but it it did not stop down lane. It was very predictable, still curvy, rolling right through the pins, but it forced me so far left. I'm like, I don't need a urethane to make me play that far left. I don't very rarely do I throw urethane left the second arrow with my rev rate. And then that leads me to the question. We see this um, see this probably you could almost say too many times when you see people who. Who, who are using urethane and maybe they shouldn't be. So who's who's a good candidate for using urethane and who is someone who maybe should stick to that reactive resin, in your opinion? First of all, I mean, I'm going to tell back in the day, and I think Mo's made this comment too. I mean, drill weaker reactive balls with like weak, uh, or even any reactive ball with a weaker layout, with a bigger core. To, I still like throwing resin as much as I can. But, I mean, your tournament players, high rev players, Especially sports shots, shorter patterns, definitely um, on the fresh for sure. Are the guys gonna be throwing urethane? I I don't think you should be. In most league conditions, you don't need to throw urethane. First of all, your league bowlers think they need to, but they're gonna give up hitting. They're gonna give up per, uh, striking percentage. They're gonna hit the pocket, but the the rev rates don't match up to give them that striking percentage that a reactive ball because the rev rates aren't. Up there, like EJ, Belmo, Jacob, any of those, Jesper, you know what I mean? To me, a urethane ball is more for your tournament players. It's that niche ball, keep you out of trouble on the fresh, or to create that hold you need on the fresh, or control the pockets. I mean, I, even in my shop, I really don't stock a lot of urethane. If somebody wants one, I order them, man. And I got a lot, I mean, I got a lot of seniors that, I mean, I get, they ask me, hey, I want a urethane ball. I'm like, well, you're not going to get the hitting power that you do reactive if we drill something maybe a little weaker. 
They're like, oh, okay. All right, well, you, you bring up tournament play. We're coming up uh, fast approaching is the USBC Open Championships in Reno. I know a lot of bowlers are excited to get back to Reno. There's been a lot of changes going on there. The town seems to be, uh, from the stadium itself, having a complete makeover to even we're hearing of, of things downtown uh, revamped and revitalized a little bit. But some of the changes and rules are also have people a little bit planning and, and thinking about how they're going to be doing things this year. And the main thing that comes to mind would be the doubles and singles now going to only two sets of doubles and singles. So in essence, you know, four on a pair, which I guess you would think then traditionally that would mean your lanes would break down a little bit less. But w how are you guys preparing, having a eagle yourself? How are you guys preparing for this year? Or, or have you started even having those conversations? Well, we, we just started a little bit. We'll get out there early. We'll do the little team practice session like we always do, which always helps because it's usually upstairs in the stadium. Um, it, yeah, I mean, with only four on a pair, it, it, they should not break down as much. They should hold up better. I mean, but the biggest thing is you still don't want to carve up the lanes too bad or manipulate the pattern too much where you create a little wet-dry or where they can get ugly. But you still got the stadiums. There's a couple of those pairs in the stadium that have that nice old tricky topography, kind of like they even had in Vegas last year. But I mean, yeah, I'm excited about to get to Vegas, uh, Reno again because I was on the board when they started doing all these uh, plans and all this for the phases and the remodel. So I like Reno. Only bad thing about Reno is just trying to get to Reno. Once you get there, you don't need a car. The hotels are good. Food's great. I mean, <laughs> I like the downtown, little downtown area. I mean, I can't really say anything bad about Reno because, hell, hell, that's why I won my Eagles. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it seems like, Vernon, the, the USBC seems to be, be getting in that groove of where they seem to be fairly, I would say, content with the scores that we're seeing for, for team and doubles and singles, the teams that are winning, where it seems like a lot of times, at least the last couple of years at least, you know, you're taking a, a – team is a little bit more challenging it's taking a you know a mid 3300 upper 3300 to win and then we hear a lot of people leaving the lanes after their singles event saying man it was out there i just had to hit it or i just did this a little bit different so it seems like singles a shot is there if if you match up properly so they seem to be kind of hitting their groove with with the the patterns or they're laying out and and um and what we're seeing as far as the lane condition goes I agree 100. percent I mean, I think the pattern, the scoring pace has been great the last couple of years. Um, the last last few years, um, the patterns have been similar in team from year to year. Last few years and singles doubles. I hope they don't really try to ch change them up too much because I mean, you're flying out there, you don't have a lot of ball options. You know, I mean, some guys could drive up from the West Coast, give them a little more, but it's like. It, you have a little bit of idea what's going to happen. You still got to execute, but it's like, yeah, they're going to tweak them here and there, but you, you know what to expect in team, you know what to expect in single doubles. I mean, it kind of brings it, it makes it fair for everybody. And it just, now if they were to say, Oh, we're going to reverse them, they should be like, Oh crap. You know? <laughs> but I mean, like you can't, you, you can't fly with 20 bone balls <laughs> anymore, you know? <laughs> 
Well, and so, how much no, um, how much would it be interesting if they would put out the exact same shot from last year and kind of mess with people because you wouldn't be thinking it would be the same. You think it's going to be similar, like you're saying, in length and, and everything. But what would how would people react to that? Would would enough people catch on early enough that they might hit it better, or would it be? I mean, even it would play different in the stadium, obviously, too, than it does at the plaza yeah. there. That's the key right there. It's good. Even if they put the same shot out, it's going to play different there than it did in Vegas. But, I mean, honestly, I tacked them. Especially a team event, I tacked them with the same game plan as I did in Syracuse that I did when I was in Vegas. I same, I actually drilled a, a fresh of the same ball. So, I mean, but, I mean, you're right. They could easily do that. I mean, it's just a matter of just how they want them to hold up, you know, or break down more or different oils, stuff like that. So, but I mean, they could easily do that easily. I mean, and like a matter of fact, I mean, no one's going to know, I mean, exactly until the end. They're like, oh, they played similar. Well, they did the last couple of years too. And that's even between Syracuse and Vegas. So, I mean, the biggest thing about Nationals I say is when the guys bowl in March, it's a lot colder. And I saw this in Syracuse. And you talk to people, oh, they play really tight. Well, we got to Syracuse in June, and they did not hold up as well, and they broke down and hooked a lot more. So it's a matter of what time of year you bowl. I mean, you got Reno, you got March is going to be a lot colder than June for sure. So people forget the weather comes into play, temperature of the lane outside, inside. So it's always going to be fun to see what they do. It happens, and just try to get there and make the best of your nine games, and try to snag another eagle. Yeah, is there um, is there anything you think else that changes after you talk about the weather being a big thing? But even just laying the pattern down day after day after day, does some of that because the stadium has? I mean, aside from their being shut down for their renovations and stuff, they have sweepers, they have all sorts of other events with a, a house pattern, a little bit of a house pattern memory at least built into it. I'm sure that starts to go away the longer and longer we see the tournament duration continue. So does do you think it plays a little bit truer then as well, and that, that plays into this part too and the factors? Well, the problem with that, that is their events they have, they won't they won't be going on once March hits till July, you know what I mean? Like in like, yes, they run sweepers throughout the year, but the house memory won't, I don't see that being a factor. But like with the new lanes, when they put them in Syracuse, um, I think the lanes definitely get worn in by June and July because they're fresh lanes. So it makes a big difference compared to how they were rolled on in March, how they reacted. So it kind of goes into new lanes. Now you got five months of tournament play on them. So, I mean, that makes a factor. Um, like the stadium, I know they put some new lanes over the years. I'm trying to remember the last time they put new lanes in, but I think it's been a couple of years. But, I mean, age of the lanes every year, it's going to be just a little bit different. More, Like you said, more use on the lanes. I'm not, like I said, not so much of different pattern memory, because from March and you get there in June, that memory should be the same on that lane all the time, I would think. You know what I mean? So... 
And I'd also like to remind folks, please remember, check out BowlingThisMonth.com, one of the fine sponsors here of the podcast, BowlingThisMonth.com. Lots of great articles and insight on their website. They have more ball reviews on their left-hand side, so you can see their perspective on things. Also seeing lots of great articles. And then by all means, when you're in Reno, please check out Gail and Rick Ramsey. They run the BTM tournament, that being held this year at Coconut Bowl. So check that out as well when you're out in Reno bowling the side events. Gail and Rick treat the bowlers great out there. They do a great job, a great extra tournament uh, that com- that goes uh, right along with the main event out in uh, in Reno. So check them out. Check out the website, bowlingthismonth.com. All your best articles, ball reviews, everything you need at your fingertips, bowlingthismonth.com. And remember, when you're heading out to these tournaments, you want to look sharp on the lanes, Check out h5gbrands.com. They do a great job with the dye supplemented jerseys. They're the ones you see on tour and the PBA pros wearing those on TV. So you can even go to the website. You can buy the PBA replicas. If you want to get your own team jersey, you want to design your own jersey, you can do that as well. It's a very simple, straightforward process. Just again, check out h5gbrands.com. Do make sure you let them know if you have some time uh, restraints that you're looking to get things done. They can help you and work with you through that process. No hidden artwork fees use promo code above 180 that will get you $20 off your order promo code above 180 will get you $20 off your order again check out everything at h5g bowling and h5gbrands.com all right vernon peterson joining me in the above 180.com podcast final couple here vernon before we go you're down there in the shop you're you said you're having a, a really good february as people preparing locally and even nationally for tournaments, what what's 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 a hot item down there in Florida for you guys, and and what do you, what are you thinking would fit in, in kind of everyone's bag? I mean, there's there's always different styles and everything, and people looking for different items. But what what are you seeing in, in equipment that's rolling good from all the companies out there? Well, I mean, with the Brunswick buying Ebonite, it's kind of like there's been a heck of a sale on some Ebonite balls the last few months, you know. The strippers trying to get rid of the stock, but I mean, like the phase three still been a hot seller. I mean, it kind of did what the pink widow did last April, but the phase three, I mean, hell, our strippers sold out like three times already. So I mean, that's still probably the probably still the hottest. I mean, the prisms by Brunswick has been a hot seller for us. The Verge, um, still people trying to get to get their hands on purple hammers. Like pitch purple just came out, so that's so. So a few more than I expected of that so far. So, but um, like the IQ series has still been a hot seller for us too. So like especially the Emerald between the Phase Three and the Emerald, are probably the two pro ones that have been the hottest for us. But like the big end balls, like the Gravity Evolve or the Prism, has been our big hooking balls for sure. And it's good to hear too. It's 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 all the different manufacturers are making really solid equipment. So there's no yeah. shortage in good equipment out there these days. No matter your style or if you do have a brand preference you like throwing, they're all putting out some really good pieces these days. It seems like. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm like saying with me testing, I've yet I haven't seen a boat anchor in, since maybe the first year I did testing. So I mean, there's. A lot of the balls, I mean, you just have to pick the right ball for the right condition. The biggest time is when people don't like a ball, it's like either they got a bad layout or they're using it on the wrong condition. Uh, you know. Difference. 
I was going to say that's the other thing I think sometimes you hear when uh, you hear someone or they'll they'll throw a piece that they don't necessarily care for. Well, are you throwing it on the right condition? That should be your first thing you have to figure out, and then and then see if it doesn't match up, and then throw it again, and then like you said, change some of the surfaces, do some things to the bowling ball, and then ultimately if it doesn't work, then maybe it's not the right right piece for you. But hey, Vernon Peterson, want to thank you for joining me today on the Above180.com podcast. I, I wanted to hit on the urethane thing. It's been a topic here, like I said, that I haven't really covered a whole lot. There's been a lot of other great people doing work on the uh, regarding the PBA Tour and some of the hardness tests that have been going on over the U.S. Uh, US Open, and, and there's a lot of great insight regarding things, regarding what it means for the PBA players and their perspective. I really wanted to focus more from the bowling ball perspective and what it means for that local guy out there bowling their tournaments and, and uh, even from the uh, pro shop perspective as well. So thank you for vo- joining me, Vernon, and all the best of luck in, uh, Sir- in not Syracuse, in Reno, and we'll be uh, catching up with you again down the road. Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me again. Always enjoy being on the show and always love listening to your show too. Thanks, thanks again for having me.